Greetings, Traveler. Welcome to the outside of the End of the Seven Dice. Hey, come on, it's not all that bad. Welcome, Travelers. Uh, it's me, Wang of Gabriel, famous name, Bald. And we're just, uh, we're just hanging outside here, having a, having a nice campfire. Nope, that's not what we're doing. Okay, we're just out hanging out, having a few drinks, sharing old war stories about adventuring. Nope. Hanging out as chums? Nope. <sighs> Alright, so I locked the keys inside. I saw something really cool outside. I said, Michael, come outside. Come up, let's look at this. And then we quickly ran out and the door locked behind me. And um, I'm kind of out of spells for the day, so... <laughs> Um, we're stuck out here till the locksmith gets here. And why are we still waiting? Because the locksmith went home for the night. So, just kind of waiting on a friend to come help us out. And where is he? Uh, about four hours outside of sanctuary, so we're just waiting. Having a good time, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, we can still have some fun. Let's pass some time. Oh, I know a really good story. Uh, it's something that actually happened over in Waterdeep to the Waterdavians. They're called the Waterdavians? Well, they're not going to be called Waterdeepians. Fair. Yeah, so anyways, um, this is a, a pretty cool story. We have a few, uh, a few guest voices for you travelers. We have Cassie from the lovely Craftians. We have Rory and Tyler from No Mercy. And we also have Matthew from Metaphorical Walrus Productions. So I hope you enjoy the story today, travelers, for it's a bit of a spooky one. I present to you All Hail the Shining God. Hello, I'm Cassie, the GM for the Lovely Craftians. Today I'm going to be playing the human Tempest cleric Iona Talistan. Hey there, I'm Matthew from Metaphorical Walrus Productions. You may know us from our two shows, Westerns and Wagons or Monsters and Mysteries. I'll be playing Gottwild Penderson, the ambitious human fighter mage. Hello. I'm Tyler, the DM from the No Mercy Podcast, an actual play podcast, and I'll be playing Eldo, the halfling's most buckling rogue. Hi, this is Rory from the No Mercy Podcast, an actual play podcast. Today, I'll be playing Tozer Timbers, the gnome artificer. Waterdeep, the city of splendor. This grand city stretches as far as the eye can see and is the jewel of the Sword Coast. If there was ever an item you needed, a service that must be rendered, or knowledge that you wish to obtain, this would be your destination. Our story begins on a street, 
The street is fairly empty. The stones of the street are completely pristine. The house is doing much the same, but in a large, grander state. On this street, there are four adventurers, hailing from all walks of life. The house they stand before is fit for one of high nobility. The walls are decorated in fine stonework, some intricate patterns, others depicting great battles that took place to protect the city's walls. Flowers consume the entire front yard, and a large iron fence surrounds the manor. So why don't you guys all go ahead and uh, introduce your characters and just a general description of them. We'll start with uh, Rory. Sure. Um, my character is Toaster Timbers, and he is a uh, gnome uh, archivist type of artificer. He's actually pretty tall for a gnome, about three foot nine, but he's really scraggly, um, very thin, got a black beard, and... Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> very, very high-pitched, kind of nasally voice. Mm. Uh, do you want, like, backstory? Yeah, if you want. He is an arch- archivist, which means he, he's been sort of in pursuit of knowledge about the mind and trying to figure out how you can unlock knowledge and information uh, in a more efficient way than just kind of the basics of, you know, writing stuff on scrolls and trying to unlock magic through that pathway um and one of the big things with uh artificers is that they really love to research and invent and so he's trying to make a name for himself by either discovering or inventing something nice well, let's go to tyler okay so i have eldo the halfling swashbuckling rogue he is a very colorful appearance every kind of piece of clothing on him, his hat, his bandana, his shirt and jacket are all different colors from whites to greens to yellows to reds. Looking at his face, he's he's about three foot three inches tall, so he's slightly tall for a halfling, but short in the grand scheme of things. He has this big, bushy, well-kept eyebrows, a huge blonde Tom Selleck mustache that tries to (laughs) minimize his bulbous nose. And surprisingly, all his teeth are still there, and he looks surprisingly clean for a pirate. He has a rapier on his right hip and a short sword glowing a faint blue on his left. Uh, And he gives off this earthy orange kind of scent. His purpose here is he claims to be the best pirate in the world. And he gets told by a lot of people that, no, you're not. You're pretty good at fighting, but you are too short. No one's going to take you seriously. You're too big of an idiot. So no one's going to really take heed of the words that you say. And you don't even have a ship, so how can you be, you be the best pirate? So he is going to try to solve the puzzle here to show that he's not an idiot and to use any winnings to buy a new ship. Awesome. Let's go to Matthew. Gottwild is a man of decent stature with close-cut brown hair who looks like he hasn't seen a whole lot of daylight, but he uh, certainly knows his way around lifting heavy things. He currently wears a golden scale mail uh, that is mostly hidden underneath uh, purple robes. The scale mail uh, on the front of it looks like it's had something removed from it. There's a spot that's much cleaner than the surrounding area. He leans on an iron staff uh, that is cut very angular and 
uh, eagle-eyed viewers would notice that it has several runes carved along the length of it. Uh, it seems to kind of thrum with power. He mostly has a bored look on his face, but nothing seems to really uh, pass by without him noticing, even though he may not quite give it a really hard look. Uh, he'll see it. He was former, he's former Waterdavian guard, and he also has the look about him of a mage. Uh, a canny observer would notice that he has a, uh, a book-sized lump underneath his robes at his left side, uh, and at his right side is a, uh, a sword typical of the Waterdavian guard. Is that the way, like, that's like, the, so they're Waterdavians? Mm-hmm. Waterdavian is the uh, plural for Waterdeep. I guess they wouldn't want to call themselves Waterdeepians. <laughs> because it does sound ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Hey, uh, Cassie. So I'm playing Iona, and she's a human. She's a little bit taller than the average human lady, and her hair is very stark, silvery, white color. And her right arm is bare, so she doesn't have any armor on it from what you can see. And it's covered in root-like fractal scars from the fingertips all the way up to her neck, left behind from her first encounter with Talos as a child. And she's joining up. She heard this puzzle was really tricky, and she's going to be using it as her annual honoring of Talos. And every year she makes a grand sacrifice or gesture to him to prove her devotion and to further his notoriety. And the money would be nice, and it'll go a long way to help her travel more and better. But the challenge is what she's really after. And if she succeeds, it's a te- it's a testament to Talos's divinity. And if she dies, it's the ultimate sacrifice then sh- that she can make, especially if she can cause a lot of destruction in the process. And she's also not hiding the fact that she's Talassan. Love it. So what is Talassan? Is that... Uh, they're Talos worshippers. Oh, okay. <laughs> we know that you are all here. You're all here for a reason. There is a puzzle that has been asked to be solved by none other than Lord Pederin Neverember. He has offered 50,000 gold pieces to any group of adventurers that could solve this dangerous puzzle. You know that there's actually been a few groups that have gone out to go do this? but no one has seen them since, and the puzzle still remains unsolved, so rumor is that this puzzle is very dangerous to do. When you get up to this manor and knock on the front door, the door is opened by a warforged. You see this large man who's covered completely in metal. These glowing yellow eyes are looking down at you all, and he uh, bows to you slightly. Greetings. I am Trind. Are you here for the puzzle? Gottweld gives a stern nod. Toaster looks up and says, Yes, yes, absolutely, we are here for that puzzle. Very well. Follow me. And he begins to lead you through this manor. You walk through a number of hallways. Of course they have the pictures of all the important people in this house standing kind of awkwardly, looking very angrily at whoever's painted them because they probably had to stand there for a long time. <laughs> And as you go through, you are led into this lavish dining room. You see the table is set with all sorts of food and drink. The only one sitting at this table is a larger, older man, dressed in noble finery. 
He mops his pale brow as he seems to be sweating quite heavily. Dark circles linger under his eyes. What appears to once been a strong face seems now somewhat gaunt from sickness. He glances up at you all and gives a weak smile and gestures to the chairs across from him. Please, please have a seat and enjoy some food. Eldo immediately pushes past everybody and jumps on a chair and just starts mowing down. (laughs) Oh, lively fellow. Well, this one doesn't have many manners, does he? I've encountered this much before with other adventurers. It's all, it's all fine. Please have a seat. Yes, of course. Uh, my name's Toser. Uh, Toser Timbers. Nice to meet you. I assume that uh, I assume you're. I'm Lord Petterin. Yes. Lord Petterin. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've heard I've heard your name many times. Uh, yes, of course. Yes, I'm I'm quite famous around these parts in the merchant circles. I'm Gottwald Penderson. Uh, I've heard of you as well through the guard. Good to finally meet you. And Gottwald will go ahead and take his seat uh, about as far away from the uh, hungry gnome as he can. (laughs) Iona takes a seat as close to our host as she can, and she just grabs a cup that's in front of her and says, I'm Iona Talisdotten. Hello. It's a pleasure. Yes, indeed. Toaster doesn't actually sit down at the table. He's kind of paces around. He's looking at like the art in the room and, and really studying like any any of the objects in there. Boy, are you all right? Is everything fine? Oh, oh yes. Sorry, I'm just not very hungry. But you have some really cool stuff in here. Did you know that you can put all sorts of cool spells on this? Like this little pu- this uh, this vase here. This could be a perfect object to hold spells. Uh, I don't have any spell casting abilities myself, but perhaps I could sell it to someone in the near future, be it that I survive this terrible sickness. What is it exactly that is afflicting you, sir? Well, that's just it. I've been having these strange dreams. A great evil lurking within the walls of Waterdeep, and I've tried to bring it up to the council, to clerics, to paladins, but none of them are believing me, and... I've tried to see them about this sickness that is destroying me, and no one can find anything wrong with me, and I get weaker each day. But then I had a dream. It was the item that's inside the Obsidian Shard at the Church of Ogma. They have that Obsidian Shard, and it is holding the thing that can cure me, and the only thing that can destroy this evil that's lurking within the walls of Waterdeep. Have you tried to ask for it? <laughs> yes, twice. They've declined me each time, and then they said, Don't come back to the library. You look like you're about to catch your death. That sounds terrible. Could you pass the wine, please? Uh, of course, yes, I do love a good wine. <laughs> and he just passes you a decanter. So how do you know this thing is evil? This foul creature that I see in my dreams? Yeah, what is it? It's a strange beast. It limbs are longer than most creatures. It it crawls while it walks. It is uh, larger than a draft horse and I knew it was evil when I saw it consuming so many people it would just pick them up and rip them apart and eat them. And the denizens of Waterdeep screamed as they ran away from it. And I saw arrows being shot at it, spells being flung, and they all just bounced off this creature. You're sure this isn't just the, uh, pardon my, uh, my, uh, rudeness, but, uh, you're sure this isn't just the fever dreams of a dying man? 
Well, at first I thought maybe I was getting a little, a little senile like my old man, but then I started to think, what about those there chosen fellows that are wandering around and the weird beasties they fight, and it's, it's not far off those things that they, they see around the area, those black, rubbery-skinned creatures picking people up into the sky and tickling them and dropping them to their deaths. These these creatures are all over, so why why could this thing not be real? That's a fair point. You see Toser scribbling something down uh, just on a little piece of parchment, and the parchment kind of uh, animates into almost like a, a, a like a hologram, sort of emitting light out of this paper. Sorry, don't mind me. I'm just asking asking a friend if he's uh. If he knows anything about this. And, uh... So sir is just gonna check with his, uh... Telepathic advisor, uh, to see if he's heard of something like this before. Who is your telepathic advisor? (laughs) So it takes different forms depending on what it's written on. Perfect. Let's let's actually just say... uh, Let's make it a little Halloween-themed. Oh, sure. I like that. It's a little, uh, creature made out of candy corn. Like it has little legs and arms and stuff, <laughs> little hat. It just pops on up. Sure. I use candy corn in so much stuff. <laughs> and Toaster just says, Hey there, buddy. Uh, does any of that sound familiar to you? Oh, yeah, it sure does. It sounds like you're dealing with an unspeakable horror. <laughs> Narrows it down. You're all gonna die. And he does a little jig. Can we? Do we all see this happen? <laughs> yeah, can we all hear that, or is it just telepathic to him? It, well, it's a telepathic link, so you guys just see a little a little uh, candy corn person doing a jig. Okay, then uh, Gotwild is going to uh, eat, continue to eat his food undisturbed. Hey, make, make, the, <laughs> make the little thing do a backflip. That'd be funny. Woo! Does a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's not exactly what he's meant. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. What do you what do you want to know about him? Well, uh, well, I mean, where does he come from? What's what's his what's his background? Uh, I think he comes from the place just beyond existence, the place where things don't make any sense and physics is thrown out the window. <laughs> and he throws like confetti in the air. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yes. Yes. I see. Okay. We like to call this place the Far Realms. Hope you have fun. <laughs> well, jeez. Anything I should bring with me to try, you know, to make sure that this thing doesn't cause us any issue? Bring your soul, because you're probably going to need to give it away. <laughs> he starts doing the worm. <laughs> <sighs> Man, I really got to get a more positive telepathic advisor. Elder's just clapping. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. He seems pretty positive. Th- thanks, buddy. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Remember, I'm going to charge your account. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. All right, bye! And he just explodes into, like, little flowers. Perfect. Well, that that was quite a, a joyful little thing. That was, a, that was a nice little trick. Oh, yes, he's, he's uh... I mean, like I said, every every object's got magic within it. That's just the one that lives within this particular parchment. He's, um... He's, he's an interesting one, I guess. Uh, Lord Pedrin uh, is pouring more wine. Oh, I wonder what magic is in this beautiful thing. And just starts drinking back some more wine. It's I alcohol. think it's just alcohol. Well, sir, that's, that's, just, that's just wine. Yeah, it's, a, it's a magical thing for me. <laughs> uh, but I should probably tell you all a, a bit, little bit about this puzzle. So 
You're gonna want to go inside the Temple of Ogma. It's a big library, stuffy folks, but they're aware that you're coming. Uh, they said if anyone can solve the damn puzzle, then uh, by all means you could bring the item to me. So did they make this puzzle, or did they just build around it and now they're going, somebody solve it? It was some some bald fellow, um, Mordecai, Mordekin, something like that. A wizarding boy, he brought it by, dropped it off, and said, careful for this one, and just wandered off, and they went, looks good, and kept it. That seems a uh, dubious uh, use there. Uh, one should be suspicious of it. Oh, they, they've been trying to solve it for a while, but they said it's it's quite dangerous, so they've just taking a step back. He looks at a little notepad beside him filled with DM notes. <laughs> oh, it's Morden Kanan. Does that make any sense to any of you? Can I roll an Arcana check, or should I just know? I think you could know. That's like kind of something that would be taught in school. Yeah. Yes, is a very powerful wizard, if I understand correctly. The Morden Kanan. Oh, yes, everyone knows Morden Kanan. He, he made a... He, Huge number of contributions to the magical field. They just dropped the subsidian shard off there and said, have at it, boys, and left it. Huh. <laughs> How big is this puzzle? Is it, like, handheld? Do you touch it and get transported? It's like the size of an ogre. Um, I don't believe you get transported. I think it's just floating there in the damn room, and you just go up and start dealing with the doodads. Doodads. <laughs> Now hear me out for a second. What if we just go find more to Portal mm. and then we ask him how to solve it? Mordekaiden. Oh yeah, Mordekaiden. I'll tell you this much: I wrote him a very strongly worded letter, and I haven't heard back since. What, so Rory doesn't know this, but, but would Toser know the background of Mordekaiden? I know he's a big deal in D and D, but I actually don't know much about him. I don't know a whole lot. He is, uh, yeah, he's a big name wizard. He's created a hell of a ton of spells. I know he's probably gone to hell and back literally. And he goes to all the places that are a little too dangerous for everyone else to go just to investigate it. Do we know his alignment? Uh, He's not a bad dude. He's just like, he's very invested in magic. He's just, you know, he pursues knowledge. He doesn't do anything that's outright harmful, but... You know, he tries to further himself. Probably isn't the most chatty Kathy. All right, so when when um, Eldo says, like, why don't you go find him, uh, Toaster laughs and he says, you want to go find Mordenkainen? He's not got time for people like you. He's very busy. He's a very important wizard. That was just a suggestion. Doesn't answer letters either. I mean, it's not a bad idea. You see, up spot. Well, I mean, it's... Well, I asked the people from the temple of this Ogma, and they said he wasn't even on this plane of existence, whatever that means. Oh, well, you <laughs> see, there are many planes that uh, that people can travel to. Now, do, do, have you heard of the material plane and, and the, the astral plane? And Is now the time to be telling you about this? I've been told I'm very materialistic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, you, know, you know what? We'll talk another time. Uh, excuse me, I'm... N- I need to get up for a second. And uh, he starts coughing uh, pretty bad. He rings a little bell. And this person comes in. They help him up. They just look like one of the servants to the area. And they lead him just to the back. You can hear coughing 
coming back from the kitchen, and a few of the attendants come into the room. Uh, Lord Pedrin will be just with you in a moment. He just needs to get this coughing fit to pass. Toaster speaks up and says, uh, Would you like me to try my hand? I know a little bit of, uh, little bit of healing here and there. No, it's, it's quite all right. We have a cleric that's actually here to help him out, just oversee things. They're with him right now. All right. Gottwild still looks kind of stunned that Morden kind of just kind of strolled in and was like, here's this thing. So he looks like he's trying to uh, come to terms with that. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a pretty big thing I was dropped on a water deep. <laughs> so so while um, Petterin's out of the room, uh, uh, Toaster looks at everyone else and he says, so, so Gottwild and Iona, it's, uh, I haven't heard of you, you two before. Have you been into the library? I spent a lot of time there. I've been uh, to the library before to do research, uh, yes, um, but I usually keep to myself, so if you haven't heard of me, then that's not terribly surprising. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly new to town. I tend to travel, and, well, this one hasn't been struck by lightning yet, so safe to say that I'm new here. Ah, yes, okay, right, uh, I recognize, uh, I recognize your garb. Talus, right? Correct. Yes, well... I'm not much for gods myself, but, uh, you know, to each their own. Some thunder rumbles in the <laughs> distance. Iona just, like, quirks one side <laughs> of her mouth up in a little bit of a smile. Well, that was, uh, that was quite interesting. Did you make that happen? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that. Hmm, okay. You have to have faith that these things happen. Faith? Oh, yes, I've heard that many times. I suppose if you can hear it, then you should have faith that it's happened. Ah, but if you can hear it, how do you know it's real? And uh, Toaster holds out a little stone that is just speaking words, saying things like, Hello, how are you? How's it going? He says, This stone seems to be speaking, but is it a real human? No, obviously not. It's uh, magical. I assume that it's probably some form of prestidigitation. We never predicated as things' ability to speak as being human. Well, sure. Okay, perhaps I should say living. It could be possessed. In any case, my point being that in order to establish that something is real and something is true, you must do a, fu- a large amount of research and establish all of the rules about the object, you know? <laughs> Only then can you unlock the magic within. Hey, why don't you ask me if I went to the library? Oh, I just assumed that, um... Uh, well, sure, do you go to the library? No, I've never been. <laughs> Wonderful contribution. <laughs> that is not a surprise to me. A few minutes later, uh, Lord Pedrin walks in while you guys are having this conversation. His brow is furrowed, and he's tucking his handkerchief back into his pocket. He looks at you all for a moment. Uh, have you your orders? Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess so. Are we, do we just need to go solve the puzzle? Is that it? Oh. So you heard about the puzzle? Uh, yes. That's a shame. Ugh, he really needs to stop asking for help. No matter, please stand still. And you all watch as this transformation happens creepily fast. You watch his limbs snap, crack, and extend. His arms and legs both double in length claws start to protrude from each of these. His clothes begin to tear as his abdomen becomes bloated and engorged. And strangely enough, you see this old-fashioned ringmaster outfit underneath 
he seems to lengthen and it covers his like his outfit covers his arms and legs his neck snaps and cracks as it begins to lengthen quite long his eyes glow and become completely yellow with tiny black slits he smiles a large smile with sharpened teeth and puts on this large hat uh, to go along with the outfit you're not getting to that puzzle let the show begin I don't think he's healthy. <laughs> We're starting a skill challenge. Oh. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with this skill challenge, I mean, you could try to face off against this creature, or you could try to run. It's really entirely up to you. The first round, you can either get three successes, and you'll proceed to the second. So, there's three rounds in total of this skill challenge. Or three failures, and something real bad happens. The DC is 12. So basically, you could do any spell you want to do, any attack, any action. If you just want to bolt out the door, A-OK. If you want to go up and try to punch him in the face, that's all good. So uh, let's go ahead and roll initiative. All right. All right, uh, Iona. 18. Gotwild. 19 total. Tozer. 14. Eldo. Nine. All right, so we start off with Gotwild. Well, uh, Gotwild is going to be incredibly taken aback and push back from his chair, standing up. He is going to flip the nearest plates of food that he can reach uh, at the monster to try to uh, temporarily hinder its sight so that they can get away. What do you want to use for that? Like a ranged attack or... Oh, actually, uh, I have a slightly better modification of that. Gotwild's going to uh, chant the thing for Catapult <laughs> from Xander's Guide to Everything and launch the plates at him. So there we go. All right. Uh, roll me that attack. Uh, well, it says that the creature must make a dexterity saving throw. With this, usually we just do like a, a spellcaster check because like, we've, we've done things with saves okay. before. Yeah, just make one. It's DC 12, so you'll add, I think, your wizard, right? So it's your intelligence and your proficiency bonus. Wizard and Eldritch Knight, but it falls under both of them, so. Nice. A natural 20. Nice. <laughs> All I right. Love these new dice. <laughs> That's a good way to start <laughs> off. That is a good start. So you pick up these plates, and you start muttering words. They become enchanted, and as you fling them... Two of them hit into each other and shatter, and the shards stab right into this creature's face, and it starts pulling at its face and roaring and smashing into the walls, hitting things. Hits one of the attendants, and they go flying out Oops. a window. <laughs> Acceptable loss. <laughs> this creature is now completely blinded. Good job. Uh, and we go to Iona. Okay, I see that he's blinded this thing. I'm going to push my chair back from the table and just try and knock it over so I can somersault backwards towards the door and then get up and run. Nice. Alright, so is that uh, acrobatics or athletics? Oh, ooh, that's a good question. You can do whatever you want. I mean, you're you're the one justifying this. I mean, my score for this is the same, so it doesn't really matter either way. Okay. I got an 11, so I didn't quite nail that. So you you look at this creature and you're like, huh, I know what to do. 
and you hit your chair back and you go to flip back and you do the somersault and then you turn to like just do a run right from the somersault but you forgot about the small little end table that was there and you smash your knee into it and then fall down onto the ground oh. <laughs> ow <laughs> ooh that one hurts yep ah, I've done that before it's like stubbing oh, a toe she's gonna need a few minutes <laughs> go from Iona she does not have a few minutes to <laughs> Toaster First question is, does Toaster recognize what this thing is? Uh, it really lines up with the description that Lord Petterin gave. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, uh, Toaster, having seen um, Gotwield do something, he's like, well, all right, little uh, candy corn guy, it's your turn, your time to shine. And he, that same parchment that he had out earlier, he sort of starts scribbling some things on it, and... This time, not out of the parchment, out of the ground right next to the monstrosity. That same little creature floats out, emitting a light, kind of like a hologram. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, let's see if your puny brain can handle this. And he does uh, information overload. So he essentially floods that, that monster's brain with a bunch of information. So this would normally be a save, but I guess I'll just do it as an attack. Yeah, so it's DC 12. 12. Nice. All right, so this little candy corn guy starts floating up, going, ha 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 like floating higher and higher. And he goes, run for your lives! And claps his hands. <laughs> and this creature starts shrieking and just starts pounding at the wall. It starts smashing the table in front of all of you, just flailing, barely missing you all. And then it goes to Eldo. All right. Uh, and then he runs, I guess. Dozer runs. Okay, so the gnome just bolts. <laughs> and you know the Temple of Ogma is about three blocks from here. It's not a far walk. So Eldo was eating his chicken, and then all of a sudden his plate got taken up from underneath him and <laughs> threw out the screecher. So like, hey. Oh, oh, oh. So he hops up, and he starts running on the posts of each of the chairs towards the door, just trying to balance on them and run and he takes out a short bow and tries to shoot at him as he's running at the door alright what one do you want to do for this I'll do acrobatics sure Uh, 19 so you go and you're running across these chairs it's actually working really well you were kind of worried that due to the weight but you run you jump you do a little flip for the flourish it's all about that pirate flourish and you fire your bow off and you watch this arrow sail. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit him right between the eyes. And it ricochets off him, stabbing into the ceiling. But you are successfully away from there. You're now in the hallway away from the creature. And after I jump off the last chair, I grab another drumstick. <laughs> you got your chicken. <laughs> so this creature is smashing into everything, going, Fools, you cannot run away from me. I can smell you. And starts slowly crawling. It crawls up the wall and onto the ceiling and is advancing towards all of you. Gross. We go from Eldo to Gotwild. Gotwild is... Uh, you said it's crawling on the ceiling? Yep. Let's see if I can do something about that as Gotwild starts to book it. As I dash off, can I use Earth Tremor but on the ceiling where it is? 
I'll I'll let you do it so that it'll affect the house. Okay. So like the the foundation will get messed up, causing him an issue. Yeah, because I, I kind of want him to like fall and scramble for a round while Gottwild runs off. Uh, oh, that's not even remotely as good. It's an eleven though. But how do you cast this spell? Uh, so Gottwild. Uh, Normally, he would take the staff, two-hand it, and smash it down, uh, kind of you-shall-not-pass sort of dealy. Um, yeah. But uh, he was trying to go for the ceiling. Uh, are the ceilings, like, really tall in here, or...? Yeah, they're fairly tall. They have to accommodate for stupid chandeliers. Right. <laughs> so he'll, he'll still do that, but he'll, like, one-hand it, smash it on the ground, and kind of push off to run away, um, but cast the spell through that as he uh, hits it onto the ground. So you hit it onto the ground, and you feel the earth begin to tremor. You hear plates fall down, cutlery is hitting the ground, things are smashing, windows are breaking, and while you're running, it's actually causing a problem for all of you in the hallway while you're going, and you're starting to trip up, and it's slowing you down. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, Iona, you now see this creature is very close to reaching you. Cool. Uh, are the shards still in its eyes? It looks like its flesh is sort of pushing it out. And they're just dropping onto the ground. Mm. You see it's starting to form eyes on different parts of its body to see you. Ew. That's on that. Um, <laughs> can I see everyone else? Are they pretty far down the hallway away from me? Yeah, they're all starting to book it down the hallway. You see they're all stumbling now. You can feel the earth shaking beneath your feet. Okay, well, since they're kind of far away now, uh, I want to do Shatter. That's one of my domain spells. Nice. And if I can target any of the eyes that are popping up, that would be cool, too. But if as long as it hits, that's kind of the important thing. Sure. I have 16. All right. So what does it look like when you cast Shatter? Uh, well, I've gotten up, and I... I'm kind of hopping on one foot a little bit, but I stable myself <laughs> after having run into that table. And I bring up my hands from about waist level. And I, it's like I'm kind of concentrating all of my energy above my head in like a little ball. And then I huck it at this thing. And as it hits, that's when the lightning and the thunder kind of just crashes against it. and washes over it so this smashes into the creature and you all can hear the thunder coming from the dining room multiple eyes in this creature just start exploding this yellowish ichor is just splatting everywhere as the creature howls and falls from the ceiling smashing through the remnants of the table and I imagine you're booking it out of there Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm encouraging everyone to move a little faster if we can. So you all stumble out of this manor. You start trampling on all the flowers that are in this beautiful area. Because, of course, they have a really windy, out-of-the-way path. You guys are just beelining it to the gate. We're into the second round of the skill challenge, where now the DC is 14. And you are running out there. There's a lot of people sort of looking at the manor, like, what's going on there? Some people on their porches, some people who are just going down the street. Three out of four of you are aware that the library is about three blocks away. Eldo, you don't know where this library <laughs> is. What's the library? But you're pretty sure that all these nerds know where it is. So. <laughs> all right. And uh, we go to... Uh, 
Tosir. All right. Uh, so, is Tosir near any of the others? Yeah, all, all four of you are like running out the Iron Gate right now. So you're kind of like on the cobblestone street. Okay. Um, Tosir is sort of like fumbling in his into one of his bags, and he he says, "Everyone, catch!" and he tosses out a couple little pouches, one for each person, sort of as they're running. And then he reaches into his and pulls out just a little bead like it would be on a, a necklace. And just says, uh, this might slow down. And throws it back towards the, the manor. Uh, so this is my magical item that I picked. Uh, this is the bead of force. Oh, nice. And for reference for the other people, the bags that I gave you are like a, a shared bag kind of thing. So this is an th- artificer thing where you can reach in and it's like everyone can... The same stuff is in there. Neat. That's fun. The other bonus is that it allows us, it allows me to talk to all of you telepathically. And you all hear echoing through your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Don't don't mind him. He's uh, he hangs out in there sometimes. Uh, that is a fourteen plus twenty-one. All right. So you toss this bead, and I imagine it's like a big force bomb, right? It just like blasts out. Yeah, so norm- normally it's a save and they get stuck in like a sphere of force or- and it also does some damage or if they do save they get pushed back. So this creature is crawling out uh, just walking along the wall and it comes outside and it sees all of you and it launches itself and it jumps just as this bead is coming towards it and it freezes right over top of the gate and it's staring at you. There's all these eyes that are slowly healing up and you see these uh, invisible jabs and hits are hitting this creature all over, and it's just staring forward, looking at all of you. And Toaster looks at everyone and he says, we we've got a, we, that'll buy us about a minute. Come on, let's go. All right, and from Toaster, it goes to Eldo. So Eldo, you see this creature is slowly starting to move inside this thing, and people are starting to run. Yeah, I'm running. Uh, <laughs> Alright, you, you wanna just do like a straight athletics, just like book it? Yeah, I'll use so I'll be using my halfling nimbleness, so I'll be like running in between taller people's legs and, and weaving between anyone in the crowd just trying to book it as fast as I can. Nice. That's a nine. Oh jeez. Cool. So Eldo starts running, <laughs> he looks at this creature, gets hit with this force bomb. All of you guys are starting to move as a group. You know where the library is. Elder turns around, runs, slams immediately, like not even five seconds, just like slams into a person and falls down, just kind of stunned, shaking his head. And this guy's looking down. He's looking in horror at this creature. What the hell is that thing? And he looks down at you like, boy, you better get out of here. What do you think I'm trying to do? You got my way. Oh, sorry about that. I didn't mean to excuse me. It's okay. We'll uh, have a nice day. Yeah, you too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear echo into your brain. Now's not the time for formalities, Eldo. Let's keep moving. <laughs> we go from Eldo to Gotwild. Gotwild. So there's people around, but they're running away, right? Yeah. There's some people staring in horror, and there's other people that are just booking it. All right, uh, Gotwild is going to use a persuasion check on the nearest person to tell them to Go get the guard. Tell them that Gottwild Penderson told you to send them to the library. 
and he's going to try to get uh, use that to get back up. All right. Uh, so here's my persuasion nice. check. Uh, uh, ten total. They slap you. <laughs> Don't touch me, personal space. And they just hit you. That's fair. And uh, so you're just stunned a little bit, and they run back inside their house. They're like, I'm not dealing with this. This isn't real. You tell they've completely checked out of reality. And they calmly, actually, they just calmly walk back up and close their door. They're like, nope, as the door's closing. So much for our meat shield. <laughs> yeah. So you go from there, and we're now sitting with uh, two new failures on this lovely round. And we go from Got Wheel to Iona. I'm going to cast Gust of Wind in the hopes that it helps knock this creature back, or at least slows him down. Sure. It's a 12. Shit. Oof. I know, we're Ow. not doing we're great. We're having a rough time. All right, we hit our third failure. Uh, oh, I didn't think this was yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> you guys are just outside the house. You cast Gust of Wind, and you're like, all right, weather is my thing. And you blast it forward. This wind goes through it. It's picking up little things. And it almost seems like it's it's just dissipating. It's helping dissipate the spell around it. Shit. And the creature cries out. And as it falls down to the ground, you see another set of arms break out of its back and grab down. And now the creature is moving at an increased speed and is now chasing after all of you. And it runs over. There's a few people in its way, and you see these two extra arms grab people and slam it into its body and start absorbing them while they're screaming, and you watch as wounds on it start to heal up. Great. Okay, well, we learned something valuable. Wind is not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And now we know. And so all four of you are running through the street terrified. This creature is right on your heels. As you pass by people, they all look in shock as this massive creature is crawling with unnerving dexterity. It's leaping over carts. It's climbing the side of buildings. There are a few guards who are in the area, and they rush over going, what's going on here? And they just get ripped in half. And everyone is screaming, and you just hear this creature as it forms an extra mouth in the side of its head. And this, like, double voice now is ringing out, You can't run forever! And we start off, so now we're in the third phase. And the DC is 15, as you have failed the previous one. And we go from Iona to Tosir. Let's see. Uh, boy. Don't do wind. Don't do don't do, do wind. Here? Um, <laughs> not wind. <laughs> Make wind. Yeah. You just hear echoing from the. He's a bad influence. Let me tell you. <laughs> not now, little guy. <laughs> I hate to do another, uh, I guess, spell thing, but Toaster's just gonna yell like, "Does he? Maybe this is getting too much into mechanics. Does he look less than five hundred pounds?" He looks well over 500 pounds. <laughs> okay, that that idea is up. Yeah, if anything, so. like if we were gonna go like mechanic style, he would be a large creature. So he is engorged, large, and crawling. In his mind, talk to that little buddy again and say, uh, "Little buddy, I need you to get in his brain and uh, do your little happy thing." And uh, he starts he starts whispering and scribbling on a paper. So I'm casting dissonant whispers on him, and with the intention of putting this. This uh, crazy little pumpkin or candy corn dude in his brain. All right. 
Oh, that is a 26. No, 27. So you do this, and you've done this a few times. If anything, it seems like it's strangely this candy corn guy's specialty. He's like, I'll get into his mind. And then he just fades away into a few flowers. And then this creature, it was running after you, and it just stops. It freezes, like one hand's outstretched, three hands are looking like it's about to launch itself off of a cart. And it's just frozen, staring forward as you see blood is leaking out of its many eyes. <laughs> and you just hear Toser sort of in your brains like, Oh boy, that is not a horror I would unleash upon many things. Uh, we should we should keep moving. Little candy corns <laughs> just dropping out of its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, hey. so yeah, we got a success. And <laughs> we go to Eldo. So have my fellow adventurers here kind of told me where we're going. I yeah, I Toaster would be talking to you telepathically being like Eldo, no, not that way. Well, and it's on. incessant. Hey, right. Like, you know these kind of people. <laughs> Go right. Like, it is constant. <laughs> okay. You feel like you're in school. No, you're... Listen, you're not running correctly. You gotta... You're, okay, listen, you can run much faster if you if you do, if you go off the... <laughs> How do I turn this thing off? Well, you, you just have to get rid of that bag I gave you, but why would you want to do that? I dropped you just, the bag. Listen, if you go off the... <laughs> so the bag is dropped behind, and as you're dropping it, you kind of opened it for a second, and you saw this little smiley candy corn face creepily stare back at you as you just dropped the bag like, oh... <laughs> So I have a general direction that I know where we're going. I'm going to look at the creature and just say, Oh, yo, um, really ugly, but you can't catch me. I'm going to try to run down a kind of a parallel street and stealthily try to weave between people and try to lose him, hoping that he'll chase me. Oh, sure. 21. All right, so... You're almost too good at this. You just disappear immediately. You blend into a crowd. And you three now don't know where that halfling is. You just keep running. And he just disappeared. And Eldo, you are making really good time. You there's like that time where like a cart's going by, you jump on it, you catch a ride for a little <laughs> bit, jump to another one. Oh, this is easy. <laughs> and we go from Eldo to Gotwild. So, Gotwild, you guys are like a block away. You can see the library just in the distance. Hmm. I kind of want to use a spell again, because that's been fairly uh, successful, but I could just bolt a block away. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to straight right. uh, athletics and run to the, uh, to the thing and just kind of shoving people out of the way as needed. All right. 15 on the die, so 18 total. Alright, you guys succeeded! <laughs> the three of you are running. You see Gotwild is doing that thing where he makes his hands, like, just like he's gonna slap someone, and he's going <laughs> <laughs> as he's just, like, passing by people, like, pushing people out of the way. There's a, Naturally, there's a lady with a cart of melons. My melons! <laughs> as she pushes her. She wasn't even in the way. <laughs> just running. And this creature is now advancing once again. You just hear him shouting, I'm almost there! And he's ripping people into him. They're all screaming and trying to get away. And Eldo quickly joins you again, just sort of like 
fits back into the group as you're just running up. You reach the doors, and there are horrified clerics just rushing you inside. And as you come in, they slam the door, placing lengths of wood to seal it. And you take a quick look around. You're in this vast library. Hundreds of thousands of books line the walls, line shelves, are on tables. People in the library look terrified as the banging begins on the door. And a priest just quickly shouts, follow me this way. Okay. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I follow, but you guys notice that when I meet back up with you, I now have two drumsticks in my hands. I somehow got another one along Where the way. Where did you get that? Oh, I just took, took a quick <laughs> pit stop. Ow. And there's a sign that says no food, right? Like, you all see it. <laughs> I'm going to try and block the view of anyone else for him so that he can continue eating. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, you four walking, Iona, you are blocking Eldo so that he can uh, eat his food. And you're quickly going through these hallways, hallway after hallway. Each has a group of cleric slamming and sealing a door and physically holding it, looking terrified and desperate. You enter into a chamber and you see a large floating obsidian shard. This thing, it was correctly described, is about the size of an ogre. And it is floating off the ground, pulsing a faint purple glow. Six clerics are in this room with you looking frightened at you four. We'll, we'll hold the door. You, you finish the puzzles. It's, it's our only hope. And they quickly slam the door and place a few more pieces of wood on it. You see this shard just floating there. What do you four do? Can I put a glyph on the door? Sure. All right. I'm going to do that. Oh, nice. Nobody touch the door because you will explode. Six people back away from the door. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> Yes, yes, I know. Standard glyph spell. I gotcha. I'm gonna walk up to the uh, to the shard, and I guess uh, I'm going to do an arcana check. Uh, he's going to... Uh, Cotwield's going to... He's not going to touch the shard just yet, not without knowing if it's going to blow him up if he touches it. Um, but he's going to give it kind of a, an investigative look uh, through the eyes of a wizard uh, by rolling arcana. See if we can get any kind of information about its magical properties. So, Iona, as you are placing this glyph on the door, you see the magical symbols all forming along into this perfect symbol. And it looks like the door should be secure. If this creature tries to pry through it, it's going to blow up. Which, you feel confident about that because you know how to blow stuff up. <laughs> That's kind of my specialty. Yeah, your god approves, and you hear, like, the rumble of thunder, like, good job. Yes. Wind, not so much. Thunder, on it. Gutwild, what did you get? Uh, let's see. Uh, an 11 plus 7, so 18. There are layers upon layers upon layers of this stuff. You can tell the first layer that you can interact with mm-hmm. is, um, it's definitely meant to be interacted with. It. You need to put your hands on this thing. Okay, uh, with that knowledge, then Gottwild's going to confidently put his hands on it then. You all see Gottwild, he puts his hands on it, and the glow brightens a little bit. Suddenly, you get shoved back a little bit. Two handprints form. They look slowly more and more bloody, and they're indents now in the shard. And you see a counter start counting down from 60. Oh, shit. What'd you do? Why'd you touch it? I, it needs to be touched. I believe it'll need all of us touching it, or at least, well, at least two people touching it. Then Gottwald's going to point to the two handprints, because Gottwald only touched it with one hand. Yeah. 
Were they handprints from the inside or like from the? They look like they just formed on the shard. Okay. Um, Toaster's gonna sort of Toaster's like looking at this thing really like wide-eyed, like wow, this thing is incredible. And uh, he's gonna run up and say, "Well, I mean, only one way to unlock what's inside of it." And he puts his hand on. Well, if he can reach it, he puts his hand <laughs> on it. So the handprints seem to actually move down the shard to compensate for your height. That's and nice. you watch as the timer goes down to 50. You put your hands on it, and you feel these small needles stab into your hand and drain a bit of your blood and go back in. And the timer goes up by 30 seconds. And you take five points of damage. So now the timer is at uh, a minute 20. Did we notice anything changed within the room? Uh, nope. It just seemed to bring the timer up. Now that he's done it, um, Gottwald's going to put both hands on there as well and see if the same thing happens. Yeah, you, some of the blood drains from your hand. And you take five points of damage, and the timer goes up. It got down to about a minute 15 and pumps up to a minute 45. So this is, we can extend the time by hurting ourselves. Gotcha. And perhaps we need to reach a maximum time. We should each touch it. <laughs> Both hands. Come now. Um, while he's saying that, Tozer's going to scribble on his paper and, and talk to his telepathic advisor and just say, Have you seen anything like this little guy? The candy corn appears, and he's different. Uh-oh. He's, his features are mixed up. His eyes are down near the bottom of him. His mouth's on his top tip. His arms and legs are mixed around. <laughs> Those of us still with the bag can hear that, right? Oh, yeah. You see this. And this creature is like swaying and floating and spinning around. I've seen it. I've seen it all. And it's glorious. Oh, we needed to ditch the bags before we got in here. <laughs> <laughs> you sent this thing into its mind. <laughs> yeah, you probably just took on the uh, things of that creature. Well, I've not seen this before. <laughs> um, can I do like a arcana check or something um, to, to sort of see if I, I know what's affecting him? or Yeah. If it's the crystal that's affecting him? Yeah, definitely. Uh, 21. You think it might have the uh, something to do with the fact that you sent it into a creature's mind, and the creature came from a place that exists beyond where reality makes sense. You, you gotcha. broke him. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, guys, I don't think he's going to be of much use anymore. <laughs> and uh, he rips that little paper in half. <gasps> Flowers pop out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll walk up to the the shard and drop the completely now eaten drumsticks and almost like I'm putting my hands on it to almost wipe off the grease <laughs> yeah so it's gone down to about a minute ten now you put your greasy hands on there it stabs into you for five points of damage and it goes up to a minute forty oh you didn't say that was gonna happen that hurt well, you would have known that if you had kept your bag. What bag? The one that you dropped outside there with the monster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gottwild looks at Iona expectantly, then. All right, fine. 
and she puts her hand on it. Um, is there any way she could generate a little bit of static as kind of a barrier between her hand and the crystal just to see what would happen? Sure. Uh, why don't you just make me arcana check? Or I guess, wait, uh, make a religion check because you're a priest. Oh, that's way better. Uh, 21. All right, so you put your hands on there, generating a bit of electricity between you and this thing, and you see it tries to stab out towards you, and it doesn't reach your hand, and the timer still keeps going down. It doesn't seem to be affected. Hmm. That's weird. It did it with all the rest of us. I wonder if we've reached a, a maximum number. Oh, my hands might just be dirty, and I wipe my hands off on my pants, and this time I do it without the static. So you put your hands down, it stabs in, another five points of damage, mm-hmm. and it goes up to a minute 50. So what happens when this hits zero, exactly? Uh, we don't, we don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go up to one of the people in the room and just be like, hey, so when people did this before, did they do this, and what, what happened? Uh, we generally weren't in the room because we were all afraid that something was going to happen. We're really only in the room because we don't want to be out there with that thing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a bad choice. But we would always find corpses in here when uh, when they tried to solve this. We definitely will say that. Great, love that. Great, perfect. I feel that we shouldn't allow it to get to zero then. Toaster looks at it and says, Well, crystals are typically pretty weak to things like, uh, well, what your god does, uh, Iona. Do you think maybe you could do summon some of that thunder? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be kind of big, so... <laughs> he says, He says. duly noted, and runs to the back of the room. <laughs> yeah, Gottwald holds up the staff of power in front of him to guard him. All right, Chicken Bones, you're probably going to want to go with our friend back there. Oh, yeah. Okay. He runs, he just starts running off. All right, so she's going to shake her shoulders a bit, loosen up, and then we're going to do call lightning. All right. Oh, jeez, I thought you were just going to shatter it. This is going to be way bigger. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not messing around. <laughs> we're going to do this. We're going to do this. All right, so this thing can't move. <laughs> I mean, it just gets hit. Wait. And your lightning just starts striking down at this thing. You all see this magnificent display of power. As the numbers start getting affected, they go up to 999, and then they shrink back down to 30, they go up to 5 minutes, and then it goes back down to 10 seconds. And now it's at 10 seconds. Shit. Counting down. That was amazing, but that didn't do anything. That made it worse. We made it a lot worse. God, Penderton's gonna run over there and put his hands on it again. Alright, you, uh, you take 7 points of damage this time. <sighs> and it goes up to 35 seconds. Well, that was not a good suggestion on my part. I apologize for that. It went way up, though. Well, it's reacting violently to magic. We have learned something. Yeah, and one of those bolts made it go up to 999, so that, that's good. <laughs> Maybe if you did, like, a smaller magic attack, who knows? Could you toss some blood on this thing and uh, help your little Ooh. cleric person? We're all in here. If it hits zero, you're toast, too. You want to make a persuasion with the advantage? Yeah. That's pretty good, I, yeah. Is there an aid action still? Because that's a really good idea. <laughs> I mean, aid gives advantage, so I'm... 
I'm, I'm gonna aid and give him a stern look, and I'm going to say, it'll only feel like a pinch. You'll, you've got the power to spare. Okay. Um, so you want to roll that persuasion? Yeah, I wound up at a 15. So they nod. They come up to it. It's just a pinch, right? Sure. Just a pinch. Yeah. Okay. Just a pinch. It's a bit. I don't think... They put their hand on the crystal, both hands, and the obsidian spikes shoot into the hands. And like, Ugh! you see their eyes slowly turn to obsidian. And they fall down to the ground dead. Oh, well, I'm glad that wasn't one of us. And you watch <laughs> the timer slowly fizzle away. You see... Then suddenly, a paragraph of words appear. In front of you, you all hear this. It's a woman's voice echoing out. Once more, the two bloody indents appear on the shard, and you see a counter that's above it at 60 seconds. That you hear, It has been months now that I've braved the front lines of battle. My axe grows heavy in my arms and my energy and will have begun to fade. I have witnessed such horrors that my heart aches with each morning I awake and each night I lay my exhausted body to rest. I long for the days that we idly sat by on the docks of Waterdeep Harbor. I had a dream about that bakery we used to go to. The one where you always bought those onion buns you just, you're obsessed with. I dreamed we went there and we purchased way too many. I told you they would go bad, but you kept insisting. You love those damn things, and your breath would smell so horrible after that. We used to have to buy two bags because you'd eat one on the way home. I know I swore to you I wouldn't lose hope during this war. That I would make it home. That I would live through this because there's an end to all wars, but... I'm so tired, Haleron. The dead march, never ending, never wavering. They never tire, never hunger. They just keep advancing. I just miss you. I just wish this war never took you away from me. Good night, my purple mage. And you see the words all fade away. And five symbols appear in front of you. A bun, an axe, an ocean, a skull, and a bed. And there are five boxes below it. And you see a counter going down from 60. The order that she mentioned them in, what was it? The axe was first. Yes. Yeah, axe was first. Uh, got will will touch the axe and try to drag it down into the first box? Yeah, it goes in. The bun was second. Okay. I, I think so. I think it was the onion. I, I thought they said they were like, sitting next to the ocean. So, like we, we would sit by the, the something ocean and then we would go and get buns. But I might be... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try the ocean second then. Okay. And then the buns. Okay. Now there's just a bed and a skull. Okay, so nothing happens when... I think she was... She made it sound like uh, the skull's probably 
the dead, dead, yeah. The dead marching yes. on him. So I think it would be skull that, bed. That's what I believe as well. Uh, and I'll do skull and then bed. It blinks red. And it scatters the, the five objects and they go back to normal. And as you just finished putting the bed there, you get this shock and you take five points of damage. So can I make a leap of logic and say that it's, and think that it was the bed that was wrong? Um, you're not sure. I bet it's because the whole thing was wrong. Now I got Will grumbles. This little light pops up and asks, Would you like to hear it again? Yes. Oh, wait, how much time? You see there are 45 seconds left. Oh, okay, we only ate up a little bit. Yes. Uh, Say it fast. Yes. <laughs> it has been months now that I've braved the front lines of battle. My axe grows heavy in my arms as my energy and will have begun to fade. I have witnessed such horrors that my heart aches with each morning I awake and each night my exhausted body hits my bed. I long for the days where we idly sit by on the docks of Waterdeep's harbors. I had a dream about the bakery we used to go to, the one we always used to get those onion buns from. I dreamed we went there, purchased so many of them. I kept telling you they would go bad, but you insisted. You were obsessed with them. You love those damn things um, that made your press. Toaster doesn't even wait. He jumps up and he just quickly does. Uh, he does axe bed, axe bed ocean. ocean bun skull. And then it blinks green. You see these cracks start to form on this obsidian shard. More this purplish light is bleeding through. You look over, and two of the cultists grip their necks as they fall down dead, their eyes becoming obsidian. <laughs> huh. I hope we have enough. Now the, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, it's like cultists. <laughs> uh, I mean, they kind yeah, of are I'm cultists. So yeah. I'm so used to using cultists everywhere that I just say cultists. <laughs> clerics. When cultists get really popular, they just become clerics, you see. Pretty much. It's just a. Uh, it's just semantics. <laughs> so uh, they fall over dead, and you see this shard. It begins to shake, and it lets out this low hum like that of a tuning fork. And you watch as pieces of the obsidian begin to break and fall off onto the ground. They collect together and become liquid. And you watch forming up is an obsidian version of each of you. And they all draw weapons. And I need initiative. Yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, shadow beaks. Nice. Doo, 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 doo. What did you get, Iona? I got a 12. Got Wilt? 24. Toaster? Uh, 21. Eldo? 24. Nice. Whoa. So we start off with Eldo. Eldo, this other version of yourself is standing in front of you. And it's swinging its weapon back and forth. Hey, you're not me! And I'll go immediately draw out my rapier in, in short sword, which the short sword you can see is glowing in like almost like a cold mist is coming off, off of the sides of it. And I run up to him and immediately start trying to swing at him. Is there anyone within five feet of me? Uh, if you run up to these things, then the last one who'd be up there is Toaster. So yeah, Toaster would be right up there. Okay. Am I able to move in such a way so that no one is within five feet of me? Yeah, sure. Get that sneak attack. 
Yes. So that is a 23 to hit. That's a hit. 22, 27 piercing damage. Oof. <laughs> All right. Good heavens. Jesus. And <laughs> bonus action offhand with my rapier. Yep. That is a 24 to hit. Full damage. Six piercing damage. All right. You stab into this being, and it makes a strange echoing shriek, and you see it's not doing well. And then it holds its frost-covered short sword and its rapier, and it attacks you. Ah, uh, yeah, living up to my dream. <laughs> I can't hit anything. Oh my god, I roll bad. Uh, <laughs> you take um, 16 points of damage as it goes in with the rapier, and you knock it off to the side, and the frost band comes up and cuts you. Oh, come on. Dude. <laughs> and it, it makes it keeps mimicking your poses and it goes from eldo to gutwild so you see your obsidian self across from you hmm, i do but i think i'm going to attack the one that uh i'm gonna attack the one that eldo just attack his his version and just to see what happens uh gutwild holds out his hand and from it uh form four uh shining stars or sorry magic missile at Third level is going to be five shining stars. Nice. He fires them off at the the double of Eldo. Okay. Rolled it. Uh, no, that's an automatic hit. So roll your damage. Yeah. Let's let's see what happens. So thirteen points of damage. So the one in front of Eldo shatters into a bunch of pieces. Eldo, you are victorious in front of this thing, and suddenly a bunch of magic missiles come your way, slamming into you, causing you uh, 15 points of damage. Can I use mm. my reaction as an uncanny dodge? Half the attack's damage? Does that affect spells like a spell attack? Or is that just a save? It says when an attacker hits that you can see hits you with an attack. Oh, yeah, then sure. Yeah, so two of these darts just fly past you as you do this sweet Matrix move. <laughs> but the other ones definitely hit you. Uh, come on, why'd you do that? Can I see where those magic missiles came from? Ye the other you. Ah, I point at the other me, then. <laughs> it's his fault. They shrug. <laughs> his fault. They just shrug like, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, from Gotwild, it goes to... Toser. Toser looks around and says, mm, I think I understand. And he he runs over to Eldo and says, let's see you mimic this. And he puts his hands on Eldo and does a heal. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to cast your wounds at second level. All right. It's 18 health back. Holy nice. That feels good. <laughs> oh man, that's like eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's ever said that to me, but you're welcome. And then, uh, Eldo, make a make an intelligence saving throw. Oh no, uh, that's a good old eight. Uh, all right. So <laughs> you take uh, fourteen points of damage as. The other version of Toaster just flips you off, and then uh, you see this little um, obsidian candy corn person float in front of you, 
and then it grabs onto your temples and you feel this just energy pulse through your head and you're bleeding from your eyes and your nose. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Oh, I thought I dropped the bag. No. And you just hear, (laughs) 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 and then obsidian flowers just appear and it disappears. Well, that's not... Shoot. (laughs) And then it goes from Toaster to uh, Iona. Uh, is obsidian all that electricity conducive? Because well, it's a, just oh, kind of a rock. Not. I think yeah. it's probably the same as yeah, rock. Uh, I will go with the other people. Yeah, it's just a rock. <laughs> it's just a rock. I was about to Google it. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. Could I try and do like a concentrated ice storm on just my construct? You could technically hit the remaining three with this. Okay. Uh, if you want to, like, move it off to the side, though, you can just hit your one. Up to you. Well, we may as well try and hit all three on this one. And let me tell you what they did. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> you just go ahead and roll that damage. 18 total. Your one and Tosir's one just shatters into pieces. And you see Gotwild's one just backs up a little bit stunned trying to shake off this attack it picks up its hand uh gotwild what's your highest level attacking spell uh that i've got right now it's uh melf's acid arrow from second level uh, gotwild's half still constructed obsidian self fires this acid arrow at you iona and you take 11 points of damage as Ow. this acid is bubbling on your chest bitch it does not feel good you still hear this little (laughs) echoing in the background stupid dick candy corn you still have the bag on you (laughs) didn't my version die though Uh, yeah no this is still your your little candy corn guy he's living in the bag space Uh, and then we go from Iona to Eldo so Eldo there is this one of Gotwild still alive. It doesn't look great. It did just hit you. Oh, come on. This I didn't sign up for this. And I run up to and run up to him and I kind of slide on my back and using both of my weapons, I try to take him out at both kneecaps. Okay, I thought you were going for a classic no mercy attack in between the legs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it a little more PG. <laughs> Uh, the frost brand was an 18 to hit. That's a hit. So this is gonna be a lot of stuff. <laughs> 200, 250. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, rogue time. 29. Damage. Oh, you nice. go and you take your sword and cut off both of its legs. <laughs> it falls down and just shatters. And this obsidian shard shakes again. More and more cracks appear upon it. You see the three remaining clerics are just looking panicked, and two of them topple over dead. And their eyes and teeth have become obsidian. The last one's like, what's going on, man? Why is this only affecting us? You worship the wrong <laughs> god, man. One cleric left. Yeah, there's one cleric, and you can now hear the sounds of fighting and banging outside the door. And you see some blood leaking underneath the door. And this face appears on the cracking obsidian shard. 
and it stares at all of you in contempt. Ugh. What is it this time? Who wishes to speak to the seal of Mordenkainen? Who wishes to end the will of the Obsidian Shard? Oh, hey guys, it's Mordekobble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am his seal. <laughs> Just staring at Eldo and then looking at the seal shaking his head. Like the artist from the 1990s? Yeah, well, I think he thinks he's an artist, but you should see his paintings. You see this really bad painting form on the side of the shard and then fade away. <laughs> yeah, that's not very good. He thinks it is. <laughs> he made ten constructs just to tell him that it was good. Classic. <laughs> what is it you wish? Why do you wish to end me? Oh, well, I mean, you seem to be doing a whole lot of, uh, what's the word, uh, murders <laughs> outside? You're trying to kill me. I'm just defending myself. So we're, oh, okay, well, I mean, we're not exactly sure, what, you know, what we're doing here. Um, While this is going on, I'd like to heal myself <laughs> a bit. For sure. Yeah, I should probably do that as well to um, whoever's more, more hurt. I'll walk over to Iona as well, just like, kind of give her the up nod. Like, uh, hey. There's so much blood all over the sapling. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's kind of amazing, actually. Should not be this much blood in a halfling, but it is coming out of him. It, it shouldn't stick to you, you're just covered in chicken grease. <laughs> uh, Toaster like right squ- quickly scribbles on a paper airplane and throws it over at uh, Eldo. That's uh, I'll do. I, I think I have another first level healing spell. So this paper airplane flies over, and this blob of candy corn with like multiple arms and legs and everything come out of it. It's like kill me, <laughs> and it heals you. <laughs> Uh, that was, that was a 11 heal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Toser looks at it and he's like, he's like, well, my name's Toser. I guess I'd like to, uh, to get rid of you. Do you mind if I just go ahead and do that? I don't want to die. No, that sucks. <laughs> okay, well. Give me a body. You want yeah. a oh, body? Oh, there's a guy over there. Immediately. Yeah, immediately point to the other cleric. <laughs> All right, bring him here. <laughs> Let me go in. Sir, do you do you mind if we borrow your um, expertise for a second? It'll only pinch. I super mind. I mind like hundred percent. No, by all the books in here, I mind. Oh, I don't think you have much say. <laughs> I thought you might say that, and he uh, starts scribbling on a piece of paper, and the- Oh god, you're murderers! <laughs> I only just shrugs. Oh, this was your plan all along! <laughs> the toaster looks at the others, he's like, should we give this guy a body? I think so, yeah. Totally. Give me a body. What do we get if we give you a body? Well, the stupid shard will fall apart, and I'll have a body, and I could actually go out and do things. I've always wanted to go to a cafe. Um, I don't blame you. Did you know they make <laughs> onion buns? They're delicious. That sounds right up my alley. Uh, quick question, though. Are you going to murder us? No. If we give you a body? 
No, you're the murderers. No, gotcha. Oh, Do I believe this, Seal? I've been defending myself against people trying to rip my body apart. I'm sorry. No, that, that's fair. I was just making sure that you weren't going to, like, vengeance murder us. Because to be fair, we didn't know that we were hurting you up until this point. Well, that thing on the other side of the door sounds like it's going to murder you, but, you know, I'll, I'm not going to do anything. What is that thing? Are you related to it? No, but I'm vaguely aware of it. Cool. <laughs> it's, uh, it's old. And, uh, it's... It wishes to control. That's all I can tell you. Toaster's gonna cast Detect Thoughts on this thing. Alright, you want them surface thoughts or you want the deep, deep thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting for you to ask. Uh, so I initially learned the surface thoughts and then I, as an action I can shift. Um... He knows if it fails, basically. But like, because I, I have heard a few people try this on podcasts. That's where I learned most mm-hmm. of my D&D 5e rules. Ding. <laughs> That's why I'm usually wrong. So, uh, <laughs> what you could do is you immediately get the service thoughts, but if you want to probe deeper, then they get a save. And if they succeed, they know what you're trying to do and you don't get anything. You get kicked out of the brain. Well, I don't think it matters if he knows. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, uh, I'm gonna say, hold on a second, guys, and turn around and open a book and start just scribbling something on it, and close my eyes and, yeah, detect thoughts. All right. So you hold onto this piece of paper, and this horrifying mound of candy corn appears floating before you, and it's like, let us see into their mind. <laughs> and uh, this little flash, and you guys see like a third eye open up on Tosir's head. And then, Tosir, you go into this guy's brain, this seal. The first surface thoughts are, What a bunch of jerks. <laughs> oh my god, everything hurts. This is the worst. I, when I see that stupid wizard, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And then you go in deeper. You start flashing by <laughs> really boring memories. You start seeing all the other adventurers that came in here trying to complete these puzzles and dying. They usually died on the first one. They just kept giving blood. It turns out what you're supposed to do is just let the timer go to zero. And it'll just succeed. <laughs> you're just watching so many people die. <laughs> and it, you're like, oh my god. And you go through, you see the wizard creating this seal, it being born. It was a beautiful, happy day. And then you see something different. Something beautiful. Shining. There's a shining figure. They walk into your view. And you love them. And you fear them. And they put their hand to the side of your face. And for the first time ever, you feel freedom. You love them for that. And they say, just bring them. That's all you need to do. Just bring them. And then you're snapped back out. But you feel all these emotions that this thing was feeling because you were connected pretty deep in there. So you're kind of getting a bit of feedback. Toaster's not very good at processing emotions. (laughs) You're like a 14-year-old boy that society's saying, push all that (laughs) down, but you can't because hormones are crazy. So you're just holding your knees. Yep. And Toaster's just like, "Ah, what was the... What were those? Oh no. When you come back, you love 
the Shining God. You are in awe. You are afraid of the Shining God. And you feel these emotions just coursing through you. And you know there's a cult going around right now, the Church of the Shining God, quote-unquote. But you know that it's just some bunch of crazies. But right now, you would give your life for that organization. Um, and when I was... These thoughts were coming from Mordenkai or from Mordenkai's seal? You're not sure. It started to blend a little bit. But you're suspecting the seal, but you never know. I guess Toaster would just be kind of standing there, like, eyes kind of watering, looking at, sort of looking past all the others. Well, Gottwild is going to straighten up a little bit, uh, and he's going to walk over to the last remaining cleric, and he's going to say, what's, uh, what's your name, my friend? Matthew. Ma- Matthew. <laughs> Excellent. Now, Matthew, uh, you've seen what happened to these, uh, to your com- compatriots, right? They've uh, died horrible deaths, and whatever's out there is chasing us, and we'll probably be here in shortly. Um. I, I know. I can tell you that this is not going to end well for you, and probably won't end well for us, but I, what would you say if I told you there is a way out that seems peaceful, and much better than being turned into an obsidian-eyed, lifeless corpse, or whatever that thing out there is doing to them. Yup, no, that sounds real rad. What do I gotta do? I just (laughs) need you to stand over by that crystal, by the obsidian. It'll... The crystal that wants my body and wants to take over it and use it to go to a cafe? Yes. I think he might have heard that part. Uh... Here's the thing. It's gonna do that. You get to leave this plane of existence under your own power as your own person. You wanna roll me a, a persuasion check on this <laughs> that one? That is exactly what I would like to <laughs> can do. I, can I try to help? <laughs> sure. What do you say to help? Ed, you, if if you do go to, you let him get into your body, then you can't see the candy cords anymore. <laughs> well, that is a <laughs> Admittedly, it's disturbing. They're a nightmare. Yeah. Is that gonna give me advantage there? Yes. <laughs> All right persuasion all right the first one is a terrible single digit so thank you for the the uh, advantage second one's better i got a 19 total matthew agrees he he sees where you're getting at he walks on over to this shard and stands by it he puts his hand tentatively on it and the shard's like oh yeah let's do this thing (laughs) and you see the energy just rip in to Matthew. His skin is cracking everywhere. His eyes are becoming obsidian. His teeth are becoming obsidian. His nails you see blacken completely. He screams as the hair is falling off of his head. And he shakes for a second. And he looks up at you. Oh, nice. Thanks. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, his soul was fried in the process, but wow. This is really good. (laughs) You see as the shard (laughs) breaks apart and you watch as piece by piece it falls onto the ground and as you're looking at it there is a warhammer that's floating in the middle of it where the shard once was. It is made out of obsidian itself. You see one side of the warhammer's face is a smiling dwarven face with a braided beard having a laugh. And the other side is this weeping dwarf who looks like he's captured in a state of pure grief, 
dwarven runes are etched all along it, leading down to the finely made handle of the hammer. A powerful thrum of energy reverberates from this mighty weapon, and the door explodes. You look over as this creature starts to slowly crawl through it, smiling at all of you. The shard person backs away and bows to the creature. And the creature looks at them and says, Thank you for this. I truly appreciate it. And the creature, the shard person, simply waves and smiles. Glad to do it. I got this new cool body. I feel young again. And the creature crawls on over to this obsidian person. The contract has been fulfilled. Why, thank you, O Ringmaster. And they just start walking away. And now all of you are standing there with this creature in the room with you. They, Sorry, who starts walking away? Uh, the obsidian shard person. Probably going to a cafe. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome for helping fulfill your contract. As a reward, we should leave. We should all leave. <laughs> Give me the hammer and I'll let you all Do I believe him? Okay. Yeah, insight. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's a 21. All right, there are strings attached to that word leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Five total. It seems legit. No, guys, here we are. <laughs> okay. I really think that we let him get this hammer, and then, you know, he's probably just going to kill us. Hmm. I don't know. He had a contract, uh, which leads me to believe that he has some sense of honor. Mm. Did you see what he did out there? He's crawling towards all four of you. Give me the hammer. I run and grab the hammer. It slams (laughs) down to the ground the moment you grab it. It's very heavy. You can drag it, but you can't lift it up. Toaster scribbles something really quick and uh, casts levitate on it. On which thing? Hammer? Uh, On the hammer itself. So the hammer starts to float up once more, spinning. And I think he can pull it now? Yeah, you can move it around. That that was my goal anyway, so you hear uh, Toaster say, There you go, there's some some help, buddy. I start running. (laughs) Do you hand it to the creature? No. Are you just hanging off it, Eldo, while this (laughs) hammer is floating? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you levitate up, Eldo, and Tosir, you bring the hammer towards this creature. Oh, I was bringing it away from the creature. Oh, away from the creature? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The creature becomes annoyed. I was bringing it, to be clear, is going to bring it to um, whoever looks stronger, uh, Gut Wielder Iona. Uh, I've been trained in heavy weapons as a cleric, but uh, my actual just regular strength is I'm not that beefy I uh I am a fighter I've got a 17 so she can't alright well I send it towards God Wheel then alright so you you float the hammer towards God and this creature looks enraged it launches itself at Toser. Toser, you take this can't be good (laughs) (laughs) oh you did (laughs) I'll come back in a few minutes. You take 
31 points of damage. Ow! <laughs> this creature starts, you see it just pounce on him. It starts tearing away. And uh, make me a concentration check to hold your spell up as this hammer is floating right above. Yeah, four. <laughs> so you let go of the Heart spell. Up. The hammer swings down as Eldo's holding on to the handle of it. Eldo, you bring the hammer down on Gottwild. <laughs> Gottwild, you feel this reverberation through your body. Your armor and clothes just rip and completely shatter off of you as you feel this hammer cave through your chest and hit the ground. Oh, I need that. I need that chest. (laughs) And darkness starts to slowly cloud your vision as you pass on to the next life. And Eldo, you're holding onto this hammer and you're covered in even more blood. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. I was just trying to run. Iona, what do you do? (laughs) Uh, after I'm done being horrified, um, I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> All right, yeah, you just walk away. <laughs> nope, gone. <laughs> S- screw these fools. Eldo, what do you do as this creature is starting to? It's looming over Tosir. I am going to. So we complete the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, you see Iona leaving. She's walking out that door. Um, I'm going to just look at Gotwheel's body and just realize that I can't really, or what's left of it, realize I can't really drag this hammer and just see the creature ripping apart Tozer and I just bolt. Come on, little buddy. We're getting out of here. Cunning action. So I will <laughs> I will run, action to dash, bonus action to dash. <laughs> Tozer, this creature is looming over you. Its saliva is falling down on you. You feel it sizzling on your skin as it looks down and it's getting ready to scoop you into its mouth. Um, okay, that seems like a bad thing. You just hear, oh, let's go, let's go! Into the mall, into our friend. <laughs> Tozer sort of coughs and he's like, not now, not now, little guy. And he reaches into his little pouch and uh, grabs one another one of the four speeds and just, like, crams it into that thing's mouth. Nice. So you see it launches itself backwards the moment you pull out that bead. Okay. Um, uh, still, I think it takes, like, half damage and it's forced back, right? Any c- creature that failed the save is completely within the area. Creatures that succeeded on the save or are partially within the area, are pushed away from the center. So he's just pushed back. And then he angrily scrambles back towards you. just consumes you, forcing you into his body. You feel needles everywhere as you slowly feel that joy and love once more for your shining god. And you become one with the ringmaster. Iona and Eldo, you two come outside... There are crowds and crowds of people, hundreds of people in this district of Waterdeep. They're all just staring, staring at this temple. You hear the lumbering footsteps. There's nowhere to go. This creature comes out behind you. It raises this bloodstained hammer into the sky. And people 
begin to clap and cheer. Hundreds upon hundreds of people. The people you saw while you were running. The blacksmith. A few of the nobles in the area. The person who closed the door on uh, Gottwild's face. They're all screaming and clapping and cheering. You see hundreds of necklaces with a set of smiling teeth and a sunburst behind them. And the creature looks over at the two of you. And then it smiles as you hear chanting, All hail the Shining God. And these are the last words you hear before this hammer brings you into the next life. What a deep shot is creepy, huh? That's why I never go anymore. That and I've been banned, so... Oh, man, you set fires one too many times and accidentally anger some weird beholder with a goldfish and suddenly everyone's like, you're not allowed back here, whenever. Creepy people. Who even hangs out with beholders anyways? Not me. Well, I guess there is Nardath. He has the little ice cream shop down the street. For travelers, uh, the locksmith is here now, so... Uh, thank God, because Michael was super mad at me. Uh, which is great, though, that we can get inside. But I want you to make sure to check out those other people that we had on here. They were all fantastic. They all have their own bardic shows they throw on. Uh, the Lovely Craftians is a... Let me read my sheet here. Uh, an all-women Call of Cthulhu podcast that you can find at an actual play. Their story revolves around strange portals opening up around the... Chicago. The investigators soon realize they're a little in over their heads. It's often quite like what this shift has to deal with. They have uh, lovely music and ambience that's put into the story, really boosts it up. But they are very funny. I highly recommend giving their story a listen. And uh, Rory and Tyler are from the No Mercy podcast. And that's a lot of fun. You can hear them learning to play D&D as they go along. A bunch of old friends getting together for a tale. They have an exciting tale where a cult is rising up and bringing a being into power. One filled with lies and deceit. You get to really see the paranoia in this party in real time. And our last group, uh, Matthew from Metaphorical Walrus, he has a fantastic show that he runs with his chums. Uh, the first one they ran was Westerns and Wagons which is a, a western fantasy, and he plays the dragonborn deputy sheriff. And that is a quite a good tale. If you like westerns like I do, you'll fall right into it. They have another story going on right now, Monsters and Mayhem, where they all play as children trying to solve these strange occurrences that are happening around their town of supernatural nature. It's a pretty good one. Tales from the Loop is what I'm told. So why don't you go over to these podcasts, listen to those, I know you'll love them. And if you want, just toss around those reviews like you're throwing out dollar bills. Woo! I don't really have that, we have gold coins and we usually hurt people when we start throwing them around. Don't throw coins. Alright travelers, I must be off because Michael's about to lock the door. I bid you all adieu.